Thank you for joining us for another episode of Away to Heal Utah. And today joining me is John Stulagos from the HEAL program at the Utah Department of Health. And John, you are the program manager over everything heart healthy. Thanks for being here. Thanks a lot, Dave. We also have joining us another new face. Well, John's not new, but Danielle is. Danielle Forbes is joining us also from the HEAL program. Danielle, thanks for being here. Your first time around the podcast. We're happy to have you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. And you are a health system specialist and you work specifically with hypertension. So you are the expert we want to have and kind of chat about this. And why are we talking about hypertension? Because February is heart month and it's an opportunity for us to get together and talk about heart health. And today we want to dial in on hypertension. And that's why I've asked you guys to be here. And Danielle, maybe we can just start off with an explanation of what is hypertension and why does it matter? Yes. So hypertension is when you are considered to have a high blood pressure, which is above or equal to 140 over 90. There are different types. There is uncontrolled hypertension and then also controlled hypertension and then also undiagnosed hypertension. So uncontrolled is basically when you have high blood pressure and you do not have it under control. So you may still have high readings. The undiagnosed is when you also have high blood pressure. You just don't have it officially diagnosed by a physician yet. And then the controlled is when you are diagnosed with hypertension, you have it under control, you get consistently lower readings, and you are also managing it with either medications, eating healthier, exercising more. Okay. So who has this? Is this just something that people who are elderly have or people who are obese? This is actually something that everyone should be worried about, including healthy individuals. Hypertension can impact anyone and everyone. While it does impact others who have like more chronic conditions, such as diabetes or prediabetes, it still is something to be on your radar. Actually in Utah, about 25% of adults have hypertension. So it's not just like your geriatric elderly individuals. It can impact anyone. Maybe you can respond to this for me, John. Obviously I don't have hypertension if I don't feel bad. I mean, if I'm cruising along and I don't feel any stress in my life and everything's great, I'm good, right? Only were that simple, Dave. Uh, the the frustrating thing about hypertension from an individual patient perspective, but also from our perspective as public health, it's not like you have the cold and you can feel the sniffles and you feel that sore throat coming in. It's very different. The hypertension is often called the silent killer for a reason. A lot of people don't know they have hypertension. And another way to think of it is just high blood pressure. Getting to what Danielle was saying, high blood pressure is one of those things that you don't know you have until a doctor measures it for you. There's a special machine that we need to do it correctly with. And people often don't know they have hypertension until either A, the doctor tells them, or B, until something catastrophic like a heart attack or a stroke happens, or even kidney disease or diabetes. So blood pressure is one of those things that we really encourage people to look and talk to their doctor about because you won't know you have it otherwise. It's a great call for people to get in and have those regular checkups with your medical provider. 
Yeah, absolutely. And Danielle, when she was describing what is what is hypertension and was talking about controlled and uncontrolled and undiagnosed, it's all about talking to your doctor, right? It's all about controlling it through that relationship with your provider, getting it checked regularly. We do know that the older that people get, the more likely they are to have high blood pressure. And that's just with age, right? Because as you get older, your heart gets tired, just like the rest of your body gets tired. So I know, and and I'll throw this out to either one of you. So we see those automatic blood pressure machines, usually at a pharmacy or in your grocery store, and you can sit down and get your blood pressure taken. I've always wondered, are they reliable? Because I'm aware that there are some things and procedures you have to follow to get an accurate assessment of your blood pressure. Can we trust those? And what should we look for even at the doctor's office? Dave, great question. I'm starting to see it every time I go to the grocery store. There's a new one of those uh, sitting by the pharmacy or, or sitting by the, the medications. There's usually those blood pressure offices in Smith's or, or wherever your local grocery store is. We know that Harmon's and a few other grocery stores have really, really good blood pressure machines. I'm not going to tell anybody to not use those blood pressure machines, but just take it with a grain of salt. And the funny thing is salt, sodium is a big contributor. I to see what you did there. Yeah, you see that. <laughs> uh, but, but don't take that blood pressure reading as a as the gold standard, but rather just do it as a check, right? If you go in each time, you can use that as sort of your standard. And then you can go to your doctor and say, hey, I've been doing it at my grocery store or at the pharmacy. Here's what I'm seeing. But then really, we want to make sure that you're doing it properly at the, at the doctor's office as well. In regards to your question about our doctor's offices doing it right, Danielle and I uh, have a coalition that we're using um, and supporting called the Utah Million Hearts Coalition. That's one of the things we're trying to tackle is proper blood pressure measurement. I don't want everybody to worry about, is my doctor doing it right? For the most part, they are, but we are keeping an eye on that. And we are supporting physician offices across the state for proper blood pressure measurement. Right. And I've experienced this myself. If I get to the doctor's office and I just got there, maybe I'm a few minutes late and I was hurrying and I'm a little bit stressed that I'm late or I was running or whatever, and I get right into that office and they take my blood pressure, boom, it's going to be a little higher than what it normally is. <laughs> and I've actually done this where I said, okay, that's higher than normal. And at the end of the appointment, they took my blood pressure. Once again, it was right back down to where it should be. Yeah, Dave, it's funny. One time I, I literally ran to the doctor's office. It was a five mile run. <laughs> <laughs> and they took my blood pressure and they're like, <laughs> maybe we need to retake this. Uh, there are a lot of factors, uh, stress, uh, you know, exercise, certain things that will immediately elevate your blood pressure. Caffeine is one of them as well. Um, and so a lot of physician offices are trying to take it at first. And then if it's still high, they will take it at the end of the office visit. Blood pressure is one of those things that goes up and down in a matter of minutes or even seconds. And so an initial, a single blood pressure reading really isn't that important unless it's really, really, really high or really, really, really low because that could indicate some serious acute problems. But for the most part, what you're describing is it makes sense, right? Let's take a look now. If it's still high, let's look later. If it's still high, let's look again. Yeah. And I think the important message here is get in touch with your blood pressure, figure out a way to track it and, and watch it. And maybe that is using a machine at the store or just dropping by your doctor's office, whatever the, the solution is, but kind of get an understanding of where you are. So you have a base to compare that to when you go to the doctor or if you're trying to track improvement in hypertension, it's just important to know where you are. Otherwise you don't know if you need to improve or if you've improved. Danielle, if I'm in a position where my blood pressure is high, if I am experiencing hypertension, 
what can I do about it? There are many factors that can go into managing your hypertension once you are diagnosed. So the biggest thing would be to speak with your doctor, find a way that works best for you to manage it. So it will be medication for everyone who is diagnosed. It also is making sure that you're eating properly. You're getting your fruits and vegetables. You're exercising throughout the week, recommended at least 30 minutes a day. And then also a key piece would be the home monitoring portion of recommending to get your own blood pressure cuff and have your physician or the medical assistant, whoever it may be, to educate you on how to use the machine properly and then to take that home and then regularly take your blood pressure. So every day, sit down, make sure that you're in a quiet environment, you know, you're in that resting state. So that way you can get an accurate reading. Dave, if I can jump in too, your question is great. And I just want to remind folks, it's not just for those that have been told by their doctor that their blood pressure is high. This is important for all of us to be eating healthy. And when we say eating healthy, we're really talking with hypertension about salt intake. Something like 90% of Americans eat too much salt. And that's just really, and I know Judy's talked about this quite a bit oh, yeah. on, on yeah, and I know Laura has too. It impacts heart health so much and it impacts your arteries so much. So one of the things that we really recommend is just reducing that sodium intake, but also that physical activity is super important. The, the whole idea is we build a stronger heart so that when it's pumping, when you're not exercising, it doesn't have to work quite as hard. I knew at some point you guys were going to throw diet and exercise at me. Dang you. It, I had to, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> they are sneaky devious in how much salt they sneak into foods, man. I'll tell you what, if you're not looking at the ingredients on, you know, whatever it is you're purchasing at, at the grocery store, you will look at something and say, well, oh, there's no salt in that. Oh yeah. Take a look. Cause you'll be shocked at how much salt they sneak into things. Oh yeah. I mean, if you look at a basic, let's just say you're doing a home spaghetti where you buy the pasta and you buy the pasta sauce, you're not just looking at the, the sauce. You also have to look at the pasta. Then you have to look at what you're throwing into it to add your own flavor. It's really easy to over overeat salt. And that is one of the biggest contributors to hypertension, which again, Dave, heart disease, heart attack is the number one killer in Utah and stroke is number six. So this is really important for us to think about. Yeah, really got to pay attention to this. And there's easy ways to control some of this. If you're one of those people, and I used to be this way, I don't really do this so much anymore, but automatically you sit down, there's food, you reach for the salt. You haven't even tasted it and you reach for the salt. (laughs) That's right. And I have been that guy, but there are other ways to liven up your food, spice it up without dumping salt on it. So, and the fun part of that's experimenting. So these are just things to think about and heart month is a great opportunity to do that. And speaking of heart month, we are putting our conversation here in the context of heart month. What does that really mean to us and how do we tie this together and how can we use that to our advantage? Heart month is a key month throughout the year. It's mainly to raise awareness for anything heart related, whether it be like heart attack, stroke, hypertension, any of those key conditions. Using this month, you can take it with going to talk to a doctor or really focusing on your heart health and whether it be like preventing heart attack, hypertension. And you just want to make sure that, you know, you're thinking about this and you're taking it to a new level where 
you're wanting to actively prevent that and, you know, manage your condition if you do have that and just overall bring awareness to heart health and anything related to it. Right. And not just for ourselves. There are other people in our lives that we love and care for. And it's a great opportunity, I think, to help them and be aware of ways that we can assist and educate and bring awareness to the people that we know and love. Yeah, I was going to say too, Dave, is it's not just about thinking about the heart attack and stroke. It's also talking about with a family member, hey, are there simple things that we can do to make a change with how we're eating as a family? Or are there certain things that we can do? Maybe let's all check our blood pressure and just talk about it as a family with your friends. And really, this is a perfect month to be talking about that because in January, right, and I know you talked with with Brett about some of these New Year's resolution goals, February is when we start to fall off the bandwagon already. So so this is a good time. (laughs) <laughs> it's a good time to remind yourself, not just as a New Year's resolution, but also for the health of my friends and family, what one thing can I do? Maybe you're going to commit to checking your blood pressure every couple of days with a home monitor. Maybe you're going to schedule a doctor's appointment to, to take a look at it. Maybe you're just going to start reducing your salt intake just a little bit. Right. And maybe this is an opportunity to, especially if you're like me and you just think Valentine's Day is silly, (laughs) (laughs) you know, take that as the Valentine's heart. Well, that means something altogether different. That's right. Exactly. All right. Hey, thanks for joining me today, you guys. It's been a lot of fun to chat with you and a lot of fun to get to know you, Danielle. Thanks for being here. And we look forward to having you both on the podcast again. Thanks so much for having me, Dave. It was great to talk with you. All right. Thanks, John. And thanks for joining us on this episode of the Await to Heal Utah podcast. We'll see you next time.